0: everybody welcome to the Mad Ones my name is Jessica you know me very well and my co-host Cam is currently on vacation he is hunting endangered albino giraffes in the Florida Everglades by helicopter and he will return next week but uh, I wanted to keep the show going even though Cam had animals to kill and um, so I decided we decided as a team that I was just gonna try and do this by myself. So um, I don't know where all the buttons are and you guys kind of have to just like roll with me about that. Um, Before we get into it, before I introduce the guests that I actually do have for you guys tonight, I want you to know that this show is 100% uh, sponsored by the patrons. Um so if you guys can hit like, subscribe, share the show with your friends, hit if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That kind of helps us bump up in the algorithm and can help us get to that sweet, sweet monetization. Um also uh you could join our Patreon. We do a lot of fun stuff on Patreon. We actually have parties, we play Quiplash, we do chats. Uh, All kinds of fun stuff. So if you want to come be a patron, help us keep the lights on, that would be really awesome. And you do kind of get a lot of perks out of being a patron. So please come and join us for that. Um, That is at patreon.com slash themadones. Um, You can also grab a t-shirt, a mug. We've got merchandise with our beautiful faces on them or just the kick-ass logos that Cam has created. So if you want to, you know, rep our stuff, Um, don't be like me when somebody in public asks you who the mad ones are and you lie and say it's a band because I think it's funny. Um, Actually, maybe direct them toward the show because that would help us out. Um, Yeah, that's all like the... uh, I'm obviously reading. You guys know what's going on here. That's all the stuff that I was told that I really needed to say. So I'm going to introduce the guests that I have for you guys tonight. Um, everyone on the Twitter sphere knows and loves her. She is the queen of the salt shaker, the knower of the good tequila, a domestic goddess whose trick-or-treat bags put all the other mombies in the neighborhood to shame, and the next evolution of the Pinterest mom Pokemon, my ride or die bitch, tweets by Brit.
1: Hello. Uh, Hello, Brit. <laughs> for having me on. I like that awesome. intro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: We uh, try to uh, welcome our guests in the most resplendent of manners and give them, you know, the intros that they really, really deserve. So <laughs> I'm glad that you're here.
1: Thanks. So I'm glad to be here. What's
0: What's going on? How are you?
1: Been I'm a while
0: good. since you checked in with the podcast sphere.
1: What's going on? I know. I, I mean, I guess by now the secret's out. The Fab Show is now defunct. The Freckles and Brick Show is now defunct. Uh, Freckles and I are still amazing friends. I love her forever. She's getting married in um, like a month, which uh, we were all invited to in this room. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I'm looking forward to all of seeing her as a bride. Um, But as far as the show goes, everyone just got really busy. Um, Yeah, I moved to Georgia and... I mean, we see each other a lot more, so that's good.
0: So although you are a California transplant to Georgia, you're one of the ones I actually don't mind being here. And it's kind of an unpopular opinion among my fellow Georgians, but I do kind of like some of the influx of new people because they're bringing really good restaurants with them. And so I think there's like a trade-off here that we might actually get some benefits out of having an infusion of new blood. Like there's no shortage of like chicken and biscuits places around here. Maybe
1: we could have a good taco place. Yeah. And it's funny because my husband and I were just, we've been talking about that for months. Like we need to open a place up out here. Um, I have such a huge food background. Um, You know, both my parents, my mom owned a catering company. My parents had a deli when I was a kid. I am, no stranger to an antipasto uh, platter or as, <laughs> you know, some of you bitches call it charcuterie. <laughs> but it, I'm Italian. Excuse me, it is a
0: shark coochie board. <laughs> a shark <shark-cucci> coochie board, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. You're in uh, Georgia now. You have to
1: speak our language. <laughs> and um, I have single-handedly um, purchased every Anaheim chili I've found in Georgia since I've been here because i'm just i have to keep that like la mexican food culture alive and well in my home so right that's that's what's going on i mean i have a new show that's coming up but it's it's not ready yet
0: so okay okay well we don't have to let any cats out of the bag too early Hi. i don't know who puts cats in bags in the first place but if you let them out it's apparently kind of a big deal yeah. so we will avoid that topic um are you ready for your first big interview question of the night, Brynn?
1: I am. I never get hard-hitting questions, and especially from my best friend, I'm afraid what's going to happen. So. so
0: can you define for me what a woman is?
1: Can I define for you what a woman is? I mean, I'm a woman. You're a woman. Right? I am born with all the lady parts. Right. Um, <laughs> whether they work or not doesn't seem to matter because- right. You know but um i have the right chromosomes i have the correct chromosomes wow. um, this
0: is such a better answer already than was given by the supreme court perspective nominee <laughs>
1: yeah um and barring some you know act of god or you know whatever i'm able to carry a child to term um, Right. And I, I at least have the parts. I don't know if I could still do it. I'm getting up there. So,
2: <laughs> so basically,
0: but,
1: uh, what you're saying is you, you are a biologist. I I am. Well, in 2022, I'm actually a heretic. But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, uh, I I found it really interesting that she kind of popped off with this answer that was not an answer at all. It was really just kind of a sidestep to the question, which is, well, I'm not a biologist, and I mean how could you give an answer that was so easy to kind of come back at like it basically, and I kind of made this point earlier. I tweeted about it. I said that these questionings of these Supreme court nominees, they're not actually like there for the people who are voting on the nominee. Like that's already locked in. What it's actually doing is like a performance piece for the people who are watching this shit on television. Mm -hmm. And it's so each Senator can kind of like do their little dance in front of everybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, I tweeted the other day, I don't even know why we do this. It's basically whoever's in charge at the time that's going to be able to, you know, approve a Supreme Court nominee or deny a Supreme Court nominee, they're going to do it. They've done it in their mind before this person even goes in for questioning. Um, And really, I mean, we have, depending on what day of the week and who's in charge. It's like somebody wants to pack the Supreme Court uh, and and it always changes who wants to do it. Who's? I mean, it doesn't change it. It's always the left that wants to do it. Right. (laughs) Um, Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. The Republicans are like, hey, let's get our guy in there too. Like, and really at the end of the day, like it's kind of bothersome to me that we just have like a group of you know, six or seven or eight or however many it's going to be, people that just decide what's right and wrong for the whole country because these people are wildly inaccurate about it a lot Mm -hmm. of times. What should actually happen in a fair and just world is that we abolish the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And
0: Well, that's interesting. I was going to ask you what you thought the perfect number of judges would actually be. None of them. None of them. Okay. Interesting. I, uh, so do when you and I last talked about sort of our like opinions on where government stood, you were coming from the uh, minimalist or minarchist yeah. position. And I was coming from sort of like the anarchist position. And I, I, I know that I have shifted my position since the maybe year and a half since we actually had that discussion, which is available on my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, if you guys want to go back and watch it. Um, have, would you say that your positions have shifted in the last year and a half? And what would you say is like a major cause of that shifting?
1: Um, I honestly think that my positions have hardened in the last year. Um, hmm. I don't, I still don't believe in full anarchy because I don't trust the people around me to stay anarchist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I think that they're always, I, like I said, I've always said like, I'm a, I'm a J shaped monarchist Like I'm fine when we go in to anarchy, but I understand that we won't stay there. We never will because people will always people. Um, right. And more than ever, I see that. Um, especially after the last two years, especially after we've seen everything with world timeout and people still continuing to push like vaccine mandates and mask mandates and stuff. Um and people cheering for it so many people want to be controlled so many people uh just really need someone to tell them what is right and wrong Mm -hmm. um that i think it's always going to happen and the reason it's always going to happen because the only way that you could have true anarchy um in my view is if all of the people around us and everyone on the planet fully recognized that uh, we were made by a creator. We were made to worship. We have uh, we have a savior that came and saved us, and that our debt and our gratitude, everything that we have and that we that uh, we owe, belongs to this creator, and that mm-hmm. that is who we should be submissive to. But people don't want to submit to the correct God, so. We're never going to have. We're never going to be able to have true freedom. We just aren't because we're slaves to ourselves. We. we mm. That's that's just how it is, um, and that sounds. Can so- you? Uh, can
0: I you expand on that idea? I almost said I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're the subject of the interview, so I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you mean by we worship ourselves?
1: Well, I see it. I see it all the time. We, I, I believe. Um, because this is what the Bible talks about. Sure, Not yeah. super religious, but. Um, no, man, this, I this show we. To, because that's the only way. That, the, the, the one thing I can see over the last two years is that my resolve in Christ and in the Bible has hardened more and more. It's solidified. It's amazing. More. So I look at it like this. We were created to worship. When people say, like, why were we created? Oh, God wanted a companion. God wanted this. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. What makes you think that you're great enough, like that God would want to talk to you uh, like that you could even be on his level? OK, Hi. he created you in his image. He He loves you and me. You know, I'm in the you of all of this. But we were created to worship and there is a an, an innate uh, purpose inside of us. We have this longing to worship something and if it's not going to be God, we're going to find a God to worship. We're going to find a band. We're going to find a government. We're going to find ourselves. Um, yeah. And we will continue to do this over and over and over. Because when you talk about like your base or self, or you talk about human nature, um, then we, we have, we say like, Oh, we have these desires. We have these drives. We have these, you know, drive to eat, drive to do this. We have a drive to worship. And, mm-hmm. We will find something to worship. And a lot of people, you know, a a lot of people choose self, but more than anything, people choose whoever seems to be an authoritative figure that says enough of the things that soothe them so that they can sleep at night, that soothe the reality, the horrible reality that they're just alone spinning on this rock in space and I think
0: all n- humans sorry to interrupt but i think all humans innately do recognize that something is deeply wrong with the world like it's not ordered the way that it ought to be and across religions atheists uh religious people all seem to have that as an internal sense
1: yeah um and the you know the one thing that I will say has really changed for me over the last year is that I've stopped so much like my, like, you know, I still will dig on the left. I'll still dig on the right. I dig on libertarian. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, my criticism, um, my judgment, where my judgment lies, I think has become uh, more correctly placed. I find my judgment in, in the church, like where I see Christians and I'm not talking about the churches like the Baptists or, you know, the Orthodox or the Catholics. I mean, the church, the body as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, what are we doing? Are we following? Because it really doesn't matter what any outside source says or does. Are we following the instructions that we were given? Mm -hmm. And I see it so much. Um, you know, you're Orthodox I'm Protestant. Um, we have friends that are Catholic, and I've seen these, um, like I talked about the other day, the Enneagram numbers, which people. Yeah, I looked to- that up,
0: and looking it up didn't help explain it. So no. can you kind of give me a just real quick t- type of overview so of what the hell Enneagram, that means?
1: Yeah, Enneagram is basically like a Myers-Briggs personality test that is okay. assigned a number. And is that like the
0: N-I-N-J-T yeah
1: it's like that it's like any one of those um you know i like i always say like (laughs) idaf like when they ask (laughs) what mine is (laughs) but like uh so these numbers they're starting to be used in churches and it's like i would I was thinking when I first saw it, this is, like, a Joel Osteen thing, maybe. Like, not him specific, but those kind of churches. That it, vibe. Yeah, but it's, like, I've seen it from, like, groups. Like, I looked it up specifically, like, groups of Catholic people, groups of Protestant people, groups of Orthodox people. Like, not specifically even in the church, but in these, like, group meetings. Because they're saying, like, oh, it helps you identify how, you know, your worship style it helps you identify but at the end of the day it's a distraction and at the end of the hmm. day it's um it's really you're learning to worship yourself so again is uh, it
0: like that uh four square political compass where it kind yes. of like places you somewhere within that realm Yeah.
1: Okay. i kind of get the, that the the thing about it that is so kind of tricky i would say mm-hmm. it's a lot to me and this is going to sound weird to people that know what i you know this is um is it's a lot like yoga. So, yeah, you're just Donna. Doing Donna yoga.
0: just said that new age okay. is creeping in.
1: Yeah. And so, there's a lot of people that actually call this not new age, but new thought. So, it's like <laughs> Christianity. Okay. They're, they're saying it as a criticism. Like, this is new age thinking. It's just we're, you know, it's just like a new, like how a different type of Christianity. It's basically like this, you know, there's no difference between these, like, spiritual Christians and progressive Christians and, you know, they all kind of, it's like, you're, you're literally one crystal away from like, you know, worshiping a false God. I mean, you already are, but like, yeah, it's all basically <laughs> the same, but people that, that know what these numbers are about, they basically, it's a lot. It's exactly like yoga, in my opinion, in the respect mm-hmm. that you could either be doing yoga to just kind of get a health benefit or you could start to get into the woo part of it the right part of it and that's the thing is is these enneagram mm-hmm. numbers came from like an occultist um like the 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 psychologist that put this together it came from basically an occultist background where <sighs> he does like the free flow he said he basically um like closed his eyes opened his mind and kind of let it all flow out it's like an occultist kind of wow that's definitely not
0: a a way to let a demon speak through you but yeah so
1: the story so i i had to really dig to find out because i wanted to i wanted to like find out like hey what is this what what is it that that people that these christians are actually doing you know it's a it's like the you know it it doesn't even matter to me at the end of the day, to be honest, like I said, like with anything like uh, if you're just doing it to use the personality test part of it, fine. But it really is so easy to slip into like, let's start worshiping this. Let's start making this like, let's spend our whole Bible study talking about this one thing. And me and you have had this conversation several times.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't I get so distracted in my real life. I get off base a lot of times with a lot of things. I don't even think this was a conversation we were supposed to have tonight. But when there wasn't I was not like really a plan, <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine going to a Bible study and having this conversation, not being the first five, 10 minutes and it, I could right. it, it easily, especially with a group of women, sorry, but especially with a group of women, this could take up several sessions. Several sessions where you're supposed to be leaning into the Lord, not leaning into yourself,
2: mm-hmm. um, and it
1: goes along with a lot of other things that I'm seeing that um, that have really bothered me over the past year. Um, affirming churches, you know, we talk about this, and this is going to make so many people angry right now. But well, because
0: know. I didn't, because I didn't know when what? I first heard it. Just for the clarity of the audience, what is an affirming church?
1: So an affirming church can be. Well, let's just get the basic, the down to the basic level of it. An affirming church is ninety nine point nine percent of the time a church that affirms homosexuality as a lifestyle choice. Okay, Uh, or not a like you were born this way, God made you this way, we affirm you, Um, and they either just flat out say it's not a sin, or they say things like like we just don't talk about it or everybody has a struggle like but they affirm you and the problem that I have with this one is that it's literally like the (laughs) this is like man I would I never want to give the devil props but if I had to it's like man that's a good one dude that's a good one you literally got people to go to church every week and go to hell like you're literally getting these people to go to hell because they they think that they're they're getting right with God like I'm like right. that is like that's it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, isn't that the number one lie that Satan has is to to like make it so that he's not actually real. You know, that's. Yeah. The thing. But
0: that's kind of the point that uh, C.S. Lewis was making in the screw tape letters. Where he is um, an older demon is advising a younger demon on how to corrupt someone. He says, you can't go in with something big and splashy and try to get him to murder someone in in an alleyway. The human brain will kind of go, hey, that's not right. You have to kind of worm your way in there, making them think that they're doing good when they're actually walking themselves backwards. Yeah. And I was like, that was a big moment for me because I was like, I can see in my own life where I allow that kind of thing to happen. Where our intentions are good, and that's what's meant by that line: "The way to he- hell is paved with good intentions." Yeah. That's super crystallized for me when I read Screw Tape letters because I was
1: like, "Oh, the devil will use our faith. Like, what yeah. better tool?" That is um, exactly like, and I'm not. The thing is, is I'm not saying anything about LGBT. I'm not saying anything about homosexuality. Um, but to be clear, because I'm not uh, some you know sit on the fence whatever and people are gonna think whatever i absolutely do believe it's a sin i absolutely the and it, and it, you, i don't care if you have a problem with me it's not me it's the bible that says it i'm not i'm not condemning you i'm not mm-hmm. saying anything i'm not saying i'm telling you what the bible says about it but i still love you i still yeah. it's, it's something i struggle with in my own life i mean i've been very open about my sexuality and about things that i struggle with And like, so I'm not saying anything against people that have that particular issue. What I'm saying is that particular issue is something that's being used against you to keep you from God, because any church that affirms you is not a church you want to be at because church, the church is not there to affirm you. It's to Mm -hmm. affirm Jesus Christ. Right, is to affirm the Holy Spirit, it, that that is what the church is for. It is not to bolster yourself up. It is so that you have a relationship with Christ, so that you don't go to hell. Yeah, like I mean, and I know this is kind of turn or burn, um, but this is just where my heart has been because I see it. I see it so much lately with people, and it, it grieves my heart. It's it grieves my heart.
0: I recently. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if I can call it recently anymore. I would say I have become a Christian in the last four years of my life. It's been a slow process, been an Orthodox for about a year. Um, in my progression as a Christian, there's something sort of about the LGBT movement that I noticed that I didn't notice until recently, until I started to become um, more rooted in scripture. And when you really start to understand what's written in the scripture, especially what's enumerated as sins, you see in the LGBT movement, the word pride is emblazoned across everything to do with that. The pride parade, gay pride, pride, this pride, that pride is one of the major, absolutely major sins. And it's like we enshrined it in big, bold letters and drew rainbows around it it's something we now want to sell to children i'm like it's literally one of the seven deadly sins right like pride and we've written it in in bright beautiful attractive colors and it is interesting to me how quietly that kind of thing happened until it was glaring and it, you can't turn in any direction now and not see sin written on the wall and That's hard to communicate to people in a culture who have been boiled slowly like a frog. And slowly, ever so slowly, the heat has been turned up and we're all kind of sitting in this boiling water going, What? It's fine. It's not. The water's boiling. (laughs) And you're you're not crazy for wanting to jump out of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I um I absolutely agree with you. I I think that especially in this day and age, it's not it's not it's no longer that you can even say these things in regular conversation. It's like you're a horrible person for even suggesting that hey, this is not okay that that not only should these churches be affirming, but if that any church that says otherwise should be condemned. yep yeah, and absolutely it's it's like you it's almost good in a way. I mean, these are things that we were going to see and you kind of talked about in Acts. We we see what happens, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in Revelation. It's like when I was a child and these things were explained like this is the way the world's going to be one day. I used to think there's no way because it's so easy. There's a book right here. If people already know that it's going to happen, of course. Of course, they're not going to do that because I was a child and I thought like a child, Mm -hmm. and I'm still astounded as a woman. um, Oh my gosh, it's happening exactly the way the Bible said that it was going to happen. This this group is stomping on the face of anyone that opposes them and saying that it's loving. They literally took the symbol of God's promise to the earth and took it as their own. It's like they 've commandeered like this this symbol that was a promise that God would never flood the, it's almost like a whole like like a like wow it's gonna be bad and I like and this is why I think my heart has changed you know mm-hmm. um regarding the last year or so because I no longer care so much politically what happens I really care what happens. To people's heart. And I want to kind of cap off my point about these affirming churches, because if there was a church that affirmed your infidelity, if there was a mm-hmm. church that affirmed your adultery, if there was a church that um, affirmed uh, your, your drinking habits, if there was a church that affirmed your theft, if there was a church that affirmed uh, your Believing in things that, you know, believing Jesus wasn't the son of God. Like right. it would be the same thing. It's the same thing. The the danger um, in in these, home like the homosexuality in these type of affirming churches is not that the sin is so much worse. It's that the lie is so much easier to believe. Yeah. It's that when you're laying face down drunk in a pool of your own vomit, It's hard to say, well, God, you know, God is okay with this. Not only (laughs) is God, God made me this way. God made me this way and he still loves me. Okay. That's true. Uh, You know what? God does still love you, but like, there's no like, but this is not what God wants for me. This isn't Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and the flip side of that are the churches that maybe they're not affirming churches, but they affirm in the worst kind of way. These are the churches that I call the feel-good churches, the the genie in the bottle. You just got to rub God the right way and you're going to, you just got to say the prayer the right way. The, and you are going to get everything. It's the manifest destiny. Uh, what do I always call it when we talk the Magna Carta churches? The ma- you always <laughs> say the Magna Carta. And I was the like, Magna I don't, Carta don't think that's Church. what you mean. <laughs> it's not what I mean, but that's where the Magna Carta was <laughs> came from. It's these manifest, like if you, you can pray it into existence churches. And to me, I think they go hand in hand. Right. It's they're all they're all the same lie. That Satan tells that is you can make God whatever you want and if we keep going if we keep going with your ego not only can you make God whatever you want you can become your own God you you are what needs to be affirmed because God didn't make you in his image God made you his carbon copy and you are you are God you can be a God yeah not only are you a god you're in control of god so you just need to tell god what you want him to do and he'll do it for you god is your servant and the
0: the only people i've heard openly espouse that idea all turned out to be cult leaders and like i didn't hear it until after the fact and they were already exposed as cult leaders but there was a time before they were recognized as cults where they called themselves churches and this is the case with the jim jones people the um Oh, what are they called? That that hippie cult. Um, Love Has One. Oh yeah. The one where they mummified their leader. (laughs) Like, if you if you guys want a an interesting rabbit hole to go down, look up the Love Has One cult. You will not be disappointed. And that was all their contention. That not only does God is God okay with everything that you're doing, you're actually God. I'm God, and you're God, and. I was Jesus and you were Jesus and all of these things. And I've only ever heard that ideology being spread by cult leaders. So to hear it being popularized into the main culture is a terrifying prospect, honestly terrifying.
1: There's a, there's a um, video and I can't remember, but it goes along with the indigo children. um, Okay. And it's basically this whole idea and it's a really cute little cartoon that basically goes into the idea that we all are one and and we're all basically one being and we mm-hmm. all experience the earth. Um, you know, we all were Jesus. We all, you know, we all were Hitler. We all were and we all come back to one and it's all experiences and we all are God. And it's very popularized now. It's starting to get bigger and bigger because it's it's easy it's it's much easier to soothe your mind with the idea that nothing bad's going to happen as long as you you know as as long as you think like oh you know at the end of this i'll just get reincarnated it's all the same kind of crap you know it's the same it's really the same basic lie that has been told since adam and eve like you know oh you can have this same knowledge you just have to do this one thing. We're all right. <laughs> we're all basically the same. You know, if you just say this one prayer, you never have to do anything again. You never have to like actually repent. You never have to actually believe in Jesus. You don't you can have heaven. You can have heaven without God there. You can you know. So how much pressure does that put on a
0: person especially most of us who don't feel like we have our lives entirely figured out and it puts the onus of your salvation on you. I am too confused about what to wear every day and what to eat every day to be in charge of my own salvation in my soul. Like I need to give that to God. I can't do
1: that by myself. But see that's, they have that figured out too. You just take the shame out. You just, oh, up. we just remove mm. shame from the equation. And then if you don't get it right, it's okay. Cause we're all one. We all make mistakes. And not only are they just mistakes, no matter what you do, you're a good person because mistakes are just learning. You know what? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Mistake. You're just learning. You're, you know,
0: I, I, it makes I me wonder if the people who are committing, like the really rich people who are committing the most atrocities on this planet, that's what they're soothing themselves with because this is a idea that I really hear passed around by people who, even if they're not like positions of world leader power, they're in positions of power. They're over other people. And this is the kind of idea that they espouse at those people. And I think it's kind of to make up for their own lack of godliness because they don't have those answers. And so when people following their methods fall flat on their faces and turn around and be like, "Well, why did that happen?" And be like, "Oh, no big deal. You just, you know. You I, it. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a twisted it's a very twisted version it's- of <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a, to me it's a very twisted version of Christianese that say, God yeah, give there you, something go. That you can't handle, which I uh, I said this on Twitter the other day, basically like, yes, he will. God gives us things we can't handle all the time. God will regularly schedule things. If God wants you in his kingdom, he will regularly schedule that you fall on your face so yeah. that he is glorified. God will regularly schedule things that you can't handle until you get right with him. A lot of times God will do. I mean, if you don't, you don't have to believe me. I don't have any witness that I could give. I mean, I could, I could tell you all about my life, but you could literally just read Bible stories. You could read about any king in the Bible and you could see like, no, no, God gives you things you can't handle. And he does it specifically, I I don't think he gives them to you. He allows Satan to give you those things, to allow Satan to let those things happen in your life so that he can be glorified. So that he can, because that's a one thing we were, and Cam said this to me the other day, like, um, you know, Jesus never promised us everything. Jesus, the one thing Jesus promised us in this life was Pain and suffering that mm-hmm. we could expect that. Yeah. Uh, so, this whole, you know, this whole new set of church that basically is indistinguishable from the rest of the world, where it's like, get yours, you know, mm-hmm. just in a, but go to church on Sunday about it. Like, that's, it's just another lie. It's just another lie. And we really, I really would encourage people to ignore, not ignore what I say, but scrutinize every single thing i say and go read the bible and prove me wrong prove mm-hmm. please go read the bible i just encourage people find a church find a church and and if you're already in a church i'm not telling you to not trust your pastor i'm not telling you to just disregard your, i'm telling you verify constantly mm-hmm. verify and if you're unsure seek wise counsel literally like seek wise counsel. It is so imperative that you find these things out. And again, Cam, me, you, and I forget who else. There's a couple other people. We were talking about this the other day and I had said, Hey man, if you never had anything, but a prayer in your heart and a willingness to love Jesus, I think you could die today and go to heaven. And the truth is, I do believe that. I do believe all you need is that, that, you know, that repentant heart and that that longing for Jesus and wanting Jesus Christ in, in your life. But the longer you're on this earth, the more yeah. you're going to need. Because when you're a baby, all you need is milk. As you grow, when you're an adult, you need the meat. And I really encourage people in that. Because I know what I'm saying right now sounds critical and hateful and mean. And it's not any of those things. It's because I love people so much that I am so scared to see this path of people that I love going down because they're soothing themselves right into hell.
0: The thing about being critical and mean is that it's it's critical and mean not to tell somebody that they're about to walk into traffic. If, you were, if I were going to get hit by a car and you had to scream at me so that I would turn around and not get hit by that car – you know i might not like getting screamed at but i sure as hell don't like getting hit by a van so you know it's more cruel not to tell people the truth and i think yeah. that there has been this sort of like um okay so like we're we're talking about affirming churches but we should also in the same vein and the other side of the coin talk about those like really ultra anti-gay churches the ones who make that their entire platform You'll even hear people who purport themselves to be pastors and men of God talking about they want violence. They want their parishioners to be violent to people who are homosexual. And I think that there is sort of like a a seesaw effect. Uh, some people call it a pendulum. When you push so far to one side, you have to expect that people are going to kind of swing the other way. So don't think that um, affirming churches necessarily occurred in a vacuum either. They were a response to some of this behavior that prevailed for a long time, this anti-homosexual behavior. And so I think that it's important as Christians to also like recognize that there is a um, narrow path to walk. In terms of loving people because you have to love people and you have to meet them where they live and um so we don't like judge not lest you be judged but also you know not let people walk into traffic and get hit by a bus and like there's there's a line here and that's it's difficult to know where that is Because I don't, I I love many gay people, consider them family. They were people who stood next to me and my husband when we got married. And, you know, I consider them family. So the idea that um, I should be mean to them once I've become a Christian is antithetical to my entire way of thinking. Like I need to love them more. But sometimes that love involves being honest. A doctor has to tell a patient they have cancer. It's going to suck to hear. It's going to be awful. But if you have cancer, you have to know. Yeah. You know? And, and that I has know. to be done. I'm sorry. That Just to cap that off real quick. That has to be done in a loving environment. When somebody you trust is talking to you, somebody uh, you speak to in love, not you're standing on the corner with a sign that says all are going to hell. That's yeah. the wrong way to love people. And. Yeah that's all I'm kind of talking about is like, none of this is occurring in a vacuum. We're all sort of like working against each other.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Um, I I always kind of, when that judge not verse comes out, the other side of that verse or the end of that verse basically says, uh, depending on, you know, which translation, like you're judged with the same measuring stick that you judge others with. So right. that verse does not, tell you at all hey you don't judge people like that's ridiculous that's ridiculous that's like if i if i went to the police and said hey i was raped and then the police said i'm sure you've done bad things in your life too you know that's right that's it would be ludicrous so what it's saying in this verse because it talks about several times in the Bible this is how you come at people so you're not If you're telling people, like, uh, we've seen the signs of, like, hate the F, you know, what yeah, like, all F, F words F go F to hell. All yeah, of that, like, yeah. I don't even want to say, I don't like being mean to people. Um, that's That's the same measuring stick that you're choosing, that right. you have no, you know, that it's not that you don't have grace. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're telling them the truth. It doesn't matter that because you're not. See, you're not telling them the truth in that you're lying to them. You're being wicked because that's just mm-hmm. not the truth. Because you can be a homosexual and you can still go to heaven. You can, that could be something you struggle with from till the day you die. And it's sad and it's a hard life. It's a hard road to hope. Mm-hmm. That's, but it, it's like, it's a, There's a difference between, oh, I'm having this thing that I'm struggling with, and oh, I'm acting on it, and oh, I'm not repenting from it. Oh, I mean, that's where you need to read your Bible. And I would say any pastor, any preacher that is holding up one of those signs, they need to go back and read the Bible and Mm -hmm. read about how you talk to people and how you minister to people. Because at that point, what you're doing is basically condemnation. You're making a judgment call that you are not. Qualified to make that you can't that you can't make so because you don't have the authority to make it you're a liar you're lying and i'm telling so this is me judging them in a way that is i'm trying to be as loving and straightforward as honest stop lying to people because you because liars won't inherit the kingdom of god either Mm
2: -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i
1: mean there's there's it's playing
0: to people's prejudices And people have this ingrained prejudice toward things that are different from themselves. And so, like, you know, Um, homosexuality scares a lot of people. Like, truly, they don't know any gay people. And they're afraid. And there is, like, some genuine empathy to be had for people who are afraid. But people like that capitalize on it, turn it into hate. They pull this verse out of Leviticus and say, you can hate the gays. And God's into it.
1: It's it's not because they want to save anybody. It's not because they want to help anyone. It's because they want to breed hate. And the only person they're lying to is themselves. It's not like God's gonna, it's not like they're gonna get to heaven and God's gonna be like, ah, you got me. I didn't know your heart. Like (laughs) (laughs) your heart, you know. Uh just I mean, stop, man. Don't don't be that. Don't you don't need to be that person either. Uh, because again. That's a fun little way that, I mean, that's a good trick. Satan has one trick and man, he's good at it. Just convincing you that what you're doing isn't a sin because it's real hard for Satan to convince people like, hey, this is a sin. You should do it anyways. Like that, that's almost impossible at the beginning, you know, but if you can convince people that what they're doing is the right thing to do and it's Mm. okay thing to do i mean then there's no work to do because then i do not gonna question it in fact some people like some of these preachers they get so steadfast that they're like this is i'm doing the lord's work and it's like okay and i can see how a, power is very affirming to
0: people as well so like the more their power grows the more their popularity grows the more their wealth grows the more they can probably be convinced in their head that god is supporting them We'll Even though it says multiple times in the Bible how riches and power and wealth are, um, what, is the, what, what, what is the exact phrasing? It will be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it w- will be for a rich man to inherit the kingdom. There are multiple warnings against sort of like the, uh, and I've been using the word cancer a lot tonight, the sort of like corrosive nature yeah. um, that these things, that these earthly riches have for
1: us. And that,
0: yeah, the Magna Carta.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's this manifest destiny idea. This, Um, you know, uh, that you know, this idea that if I have a lot, it's because God has shown me grace. If I have a little, it's because I'm not doing all the right things. Like it, it, it's it's, again, it's all these, um, these grace. Churches, these prosperity preachers, it Mm -hmm. all kind of goes hand in hand. It 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 all is like as long as you're like it's it's that they've boiled Christianity down to as long as you're getting what you want in life, God must have favor, like God must be favoring you. God is giving you favor because if if things were going poorly in your life, then God must be upset with how you're doing things. Like it's this idea. That it's that simple, and it's it's literally just a lie because the at the end of the really the opposite. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is it's a lot of times, yeah, but really, it's none of it.
0: It has we hear, blessed is the poor, blessed are the meek. You know, all of the people like that you sort of don't expect um, to be the ones who are blessed by God because they're poor and they're hungry. They're actually like able to be closer in spirit and that's who jesus came to the 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 people he was born to were the poorest of people the death that he suffered was the the way the common criminals were killed there's so much about that story that when you look at sort of like the grandeur of the church that came up after it it's it's antithetical in a way because you see these riches and you see these trappings and this power structure which is full of corrupt politicians Um, and it's really like the meek and the poor who are the examples that are given over and over of people who are doing the right thing.
1: Um, I think at the end of the day, the reason for that a lot of the time isn't just because, because they're poor, they're going to heaven. I don't think that that's the core. No. Yeah. i definitely definitely didn't want to. They have nothing. So. It's like when you have a lot of things going well for you, it's so easy to disregard God. When you, have, right. when you have a lot in your life, then it's really, really easy for you to just go along and be soothed in, in your lot in life.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: a lot of times, unfortunately, it's, I guess, just a human condition that when we are struggling, we call on God. And again, it goes back to that, like, God won't give you anything you can't handle. Yes, he will. Uh, our friend John today said, God won't give you anything he can't handle. And right. I think that is so poignant, like there, that he won't give you anything he can't handle. And um, I would say, like, I wouldn't measure, I wouldn't measure God's favor with you um, on how much you have in life or how much you don't have in life Man. I would just make sure no matter what your lot in life is that you get right with God like I think at the end of the day that's the only thing I can say I'm reading these comments and I do realize that I said that's a long hoe to row or something like I know I said it wrong
0: <laughs> a row to hoe that's what, well,
1: that's, what I said. I, that's what I thought I said but they're saying I didn't yeah. and I'm like I don't. <laughs> like, no, it's road <laughs> Ho- a long road, right? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I always thought it was row to hoe, like you're hoeing no. a row of corn. Are ho- really well, you learn something okay? Like so
2: too.
1: I think it's road. I thought it I was could be wrong. I
0: think that um, Jamie should look this up.
1: Yeah, can you look it up because I thought it was row to yeah, hoe. Let's look it like up. Okay, you're hoeing a, like a row of seeds or something.
0: Okay, so there's a, a winery called Road to Ho. Um.
1: <laughs> I think that, that was our um that was our our tequila night out was, was road. The road to Ho. <laughs> yeah, that was road to ho. That was that oh my was my twenties.
0: So we went we went to the bar and then you are um, saying I
1: said road to Ho, I didn't say that because I've never said road to Ho. I know yeah, that- no, it
0: is it is road. Yeah.
1: Is it oh, wait, road? hold on?
0: It's now. Row there's a, this other website says it's row, it's R O W, hard row
2: to hoe.
1: I don't understand why, because he's saying it's road to hoe. Elephant man, I said row to hoe. Unless you thought, I, unless I said hoe to row, I didn't say road because I've. Never, I always thought it
0: was road. It's not okay. Is it yeah. road to hoe?
1: I even if it is road to hoe, I'm not going to say that because in my <laughs> mind, row to hoe is. Why would you say road to hoe?
0: Okay, a long it's road, road to, to hoe. It's a long idiomatic, road. a difficult, arduous task or set of tasks, a lengthy and demanding project. Okay, so Wiktionary says "row," R-O-W, row. a long road to a long like, row to hoe.
1: Yeah, like okay. a row of crops. Yeah, you're in Georgia. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't be knowing about. I road. never said road, Donna. I know. I'm going to get like, this is the one sticking point I'm going to have because I know I didn't say road. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say road. Okay. I, well, I, I thought it was
0: road. So I say road all the time and I guess road. I'm wrong. I'm out there sounding
1: stupid. I thought so. they were making fun of me because I said ho to row and I was like, I didn't, I might have <laughs> say road because I know it's the not road. And if it is road at the end of the day, I'm not going to say it. i'll just just strike that from my lexicon and no longer speak of it because if i said road to hoe that would be (laughs) prostitution well i don't know i kind of thought
0: it might have something to do with like um like a hoe is like a flat shaped tool right yeah like you would to like make a road you would have to like hoe the oh
1: see i was the grass off of it like hoeing the crops. Like, like a hoe. Crops. Yeah. Okay. Like a hoe with a gardening tool. Right. Okay.
0: So we're both thinking of the same tool. We're not yeah. just using not- it in the same context. Okay.
1: That's I fine. I mean, I could see saying road to haul like a trucker. Okay. But nobody says that. I've never heard
0: anybody I'm say gonna that. I'm going to start saying that in every interview. That would be a lot of road to haul. <laughs> In it. They're gonna be like, what did you say? And then just repeat it like they're dumb.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> <road> to <laughs> Hall. <laughs> right. I'll be like, ask Jessica, she knows. <laughs> no, no, she
2: doesn't.
0: I'm wrong. Google just proved that I'm wrong,
2: which is uh, you know, fine.
0: I'm willing to look things up, and um, but only as far as Google. So <laughs> oh,
1: I thought favorite- like I go to the live. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no. Is I was gonna my... say it's
0: not like I'm willing to go to the library and look at the encyclopaedia Britannica's,
1: so it's not like I'm all that devoted to looking things up. Okay, as one of the one of the things I said at the beginning I, of all this is, I started calling it World Timeout, and I forget whose show is on, but they made fun of me. They're like, "Did you just call it World Timeout?" And I said, "Yeah." And then I, other people started saying it after I started saying it in clubhouse rooms. And I, every time I go back to that, like, because I'm like, they all, so many people made fun of me for calling it that. And now a bun- I, people say it all the time and I'm like. Every
0: time I talk about something in the world going on because of COVID, my husband goes, ah, ah, ah because of the response to COVID. And while <laughs> he's technically right, I'm sick of hearing it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: So. <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, we should change the subject.
0: No, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I think at this point, they can't really, like, get you for saying what they've already admitted. And they've admitted a lot of this stuff. Like, even, even- Dr. Leanna Wu herself is all like, so what, you're never going to go to a restaurant again? Yeah. Like, it, And this is the lady who wanted to arrest all the people who didn't get vaccines. So yeah. if that woman is like, look, you just need to, like, give up the ghost.
1: Um, well, I think we're done. Well, I just, I mean, oh, we're not done. We're not done. By midterms, no, because by midterms, they're going to be blaming Trump for uh, mandates. And Democrats are going to be saying that they were never the ones that wanted mask mandates. They were never the ones for vaccine mandates. All of the mask mandates happened under Trump. And all of the I've mandates so- got lifted under Biden. Huh? I've heard
0: so- uh, Pesaki. Kawasaki? Oh,
1: Kawasaki, yeah.
0: Jen? Peppermint Jen Patty. Redhead? Yeah. yeah. looks like Peppermint Patty. There's some woman that calls her sir,
1: and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Propaganda's Peppermint Patty. I just saw the private chat. <laughs> I was like, oh, we skip oh. that. We'll go, we can go back.
0: <laughs> I have too much ADD to pay attention to both chats. Okay. Oh, should I read this out loud? Uh, oh no, I should not read that
1: out loud. Do it, do it. it's not my okay. show. So okay, it's
0: true. It's, true. It's, it's a question I'm going to ask you. So you're from gonna answer a
1: it. A listener from
0: a listener. A listener asks: Can transgender women be better moms than real women? Because ooh, Lord, did I get so angry? I and I should not get angry. It's not cool, but dogs, dude, wait, wait, what?
1: You call off your dogs, dude. That was in, yes. in the bathroom. Yes. The, so, yeah.
0: So, okay, at the uh, Leah um, Thomas is her last name? Yeah. Their last yeah. name? Um, the swimmer, the individual <laughs> who the, won the women's swim meet. Yeah. Um, There were many people who were either transgender activists or gender critical activists who were at that swim competition, which seems a weird place for all that kind of stuff to gather. But there they gathered. And then they argued with each other in the hallway afterward. And the transgender activist, who is over 50 years old, and has only recently decided that she is a woman, um, was telling a biological woman that she was in fact a better mother than her. And she said or not that she was more of a mother than her,
2: Yeah. Um,
0: which kind of, you know, not being a mother myself, it would seem like I don't have a dog in that fight. Boy, does it feel like I do. And I got
1: P.O.ed about it, girl. What's your take? Well, I think that um, if your default is mental illness, you're going to be hard pressed to be a better mother than most mothers. Um, But I'm sure there's some psychopath out there that you can beat. So, you know, die trying, I guess. I mean, that that case in particular, Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think that um, I think that that little display right there um, proved every point I've talked about for the last two years, um, if not longer, that. In our current climate, if you are a transgender man, you largely go unnoticed by the population because,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and don't care, you're no threat to other men. If you are a transgender woman, you encroach on the spaces of women. And not only do I find it mostly false, um, offensive, scary, threatening to my, you know, myself Mm -hmm. and other women, um. I find it interesting that we, as a society, are just supposed to pretend that these dudes get to LARP as women, and then when it is convenient for them, become men again. When they yeah. need to, uh, when they need to use their brawn, use their muscle, that it's it's perfectly okay for them to be men again. When they need to say, "Call off your dogs!" in some misogynistic. uh uh, disgusting manner to a mother then it's perfectly okay for them to do that um and then switch right back into the role of woman which is i think why this non-binary situation is becoming so prevalent because if you can code switch you know switch back and forth you can do all these things then it's perfectly okay to do that Um, but in my mind for the most part, it looks a whole lot like if you're a dude in America, you can still get anything you want, just like you could the day we landed on that rock. Like, So like you can be anything as long as you're a dude in America, (laughs) like even a woman. One of the
0: arguments that you hear out of the sort of, um, they're called derogatorily trans exclusive radical feminists. Although I think that term will get thrown at a lot of people who probably aren't radical feminists at all and aren't even exclusionary to trans people, but simply don't go along with the sort of um, trans rights activist narrative. Um, you know, So it's a sort of unfairly applied label, but for convenience, I'm gonna kind of like re- refer back to it. So one of the arguments that the um, TERF community has put out there is this is an erasure of women women are sort of being erased from our existence. The The safety of our um, spaces is threatened. And they said, well, that's a ridiculous accusation. No one's trying to erase women. However, we kind of jokingly talked about it at the beginning of the show, but we had a Supreme Court nominee asked today if she could, if she could define what a woman was. And out of fear or political savvy, whatever her motivations were, she literally said that you can't define, you can't even define what a woman is unless you're a biologist. You have to be a a uh, highly edu- academically educated person to even define what a woman is because that concept is just too nebulous for the everyday person. Our and a
1: who could literally do it right now. If I pulled her in here and said, you know, what's a girl, what's a boy, she would have no problem because she literally, will tell you, like, I have a vagina, like, and I'm right. super proud of telling you that Like <laughs> 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 her brother has a penis, because it's literally that simple. And everything else, I'm sorry, is either a mental illness or a fetish or, or both.
0: And, and we're, we're talking about um, a, a situation where like, there's the obvious places where women are being pushed out of their spaces, for example, out of swim and sports championships. So that's a very public face of what's going on. But you also have this problem where now people can self-identify themselves as transgender. So there are people who are, I don't know if you've ever heard the term before, gynophilic. Um, gynophilia is a, uh, a type of uh, sexual kink or sexuality where a man is turned on by presenting themselves as a woman. So they're not actually experiencing uh, gender dysmorphia or body dysmorphia disorder. They're instead have a sexual perversion where they are aroused by presenting themselves as women, which is a much different thing than actually having a disorder which causes you physical and mental pain. Um, So I have empathy for people who have mental disorders. Like that's not even something that I think like you should be hurt for. I think you deserve care. I think you deserve therapy. Like you, you deserve to be cared for and loved in all of the ways possible. But there are people who are taking advantage of this fact that we're no longer even willing to call a disorder a disorder. And so they can bring their fully intact male genitalia into female spaces and expose women and young girls to their body parts. And the women and young girls who say, you know, we don't want a dick in our locker room are being told that they're bigots. Yeah, And so while this doesn't have an effect of being written into any kind of law or codified into law that women are being pushed out of their spaces, if I were the mother of a young child, I would no longer bring her into locker rooms, bathrooms, and other spaces where I know it's possible for gynophilic men to bring their intact male genitalia and expose them to children without any kind of retribution. And in fact, that that retribution might fall upon me or the business. And this this has a um, physical effect of pushing women out of public spaces. So it is in every physical respect, the erasure of women. We can't even identify with our lips. Out in public, what is a woman any longer? So who's to say that men who identify as men cannot simply walk themselves into our spaces? So you're right. Men can now do literally anything they want, including walk into women's rooms.
1: And it's everything you said is right on. The only thing that I would even add to it is the insult to injury. Like if... You're new in a space. Um, if you're new, if people are still coming to terms, you don't push your way into these spaces. It's the, you weren't invited by us. And eventually the thing is, is that most women either by societal pressure, which I think is what's a lot of what's happening now are because we have friends uh, that are transgender. We would invite you into these female spaces, um, mm-hmm. a lot of us. And if we didn't, oh, well, but it's that you weren't invited into these spaces. You just pushed your way in and you pushed your way in on, uh, basically on a loophole. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I see in the comments, Quest had said here, like, women have been violating male spaces for decades now. Once the tables are turned, the feminists are suffering, palpable cognitive dissonance. Um, not at this the <laughs> Uh, women have been fighting for their own space because for decades we only had no space, or we had to interfere in male spaces. There was there was nowhere else for us to go, so we were trying to create our own spaces, like. And And
0: also having, uh, letting, having to let women, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but having to let women uh, golf at your golf club or play cards at your lodge is hardly different than not being able to bring my daughter into a female only locker room without the threat of a penis being lodged in her face. That is an entirely different
1: situation. And I mean, I, uh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, there's a, there's a difference. I understand though what Quest is saying because that I get that that's happened. Um, I don't think it was as prevalent. And I think women were really looking for a place of our own and we've had, we've enjoyed it for, you know, a certain number of years Um, and not that many, you know, even in my lifetime uh, it was, you know, WNBA, all of these things that are now women spaces are coming up and now they're being taken away from us um, because, and and we have no say in it. It's like, I'm looking for a because, and it's like, what is a because? Because most of us are too weak to just to, to emotionally, you know, stand up against our mm-hmm. peers and say, no, no, I don't want this. Um, I have two people, I have two people that are, that I'm friends with, that are a lot of people in this audience probably know. Um, I don't even know if they might be watching this tonight, or they might watch it in the future um and anyway Watch i, <laughs> I can understand them being upset by some of the things that i'm saying um but i could i would imagine that they would have to also understand like um how you view yourself mentally i want you to be in a good headspace but i can't do that at the expense of my daughter and i won't mm-hmm. i just i just won't um and it's it's not just that you being in a locker room is um, basically, if this was 15 years ago would be tantamount to child molestation. If I let my daughter in a locker room with a bunch of male genitalia being exposed, you'd probably um, be marched out in handcuffs. Yeah. And now if I don't expose her to that, Uh, she could be taken from me because I'm this bigot, horrible person um, Mm -hmm. because we're just at the whims of, you know, whatever society deems as good. um, Mm -hmm. Which again is why we need Jesus because there's no limiting principle anymore. You know, Ben Shapiro likes to say, the left has no limiting principle humans that don't recognize their creator have no limiting principle Mm -hmm. (laughs) just at the end of the day. But I will not do that to my daughter. And more importantly, I won't expose my son to that to let him think, oh, this is an, this is an option. I'm feeling confused about a lot of things that are happening in my life. Maybe this is the option because I don't believe that you can, you know, I don't really think you can like make someone gay or things like that. I think you can confuse people. I I really think you can mm-hmm. confuse young people about it. And I definitely think you can confuse young people about transgenderism and all those things and make them think that if they are lacking something in life, maybe that's it. Maybe and, these and feelings are feelings that the opposite sex has. And that's what I'm going through.
0: We don't talk about the comorbid conditions that come along with transgender. That a lot of times, and we talked about this with our previous guest, Kat Cattenson. She's actually a detransitioning. She was female. She attempted to become male. The medications nearly destroyed her vocal cords. She's a singer, and it basically would have destroyed the purpose that God <laughs> put her on earth for. And so she decided to detransition. You were talking earlier about how um, uh, trans men are barely recognized in this entire movement. That's true up until the moment they attempt to detransition and then suddenly they become very, very interesting. And, um, it's like becoming the apostate of a religion. You know how, like, um, if you, if you leave Islam, there's sort of like a, a fatwa on you, like in some cultures, it would be okay to kill you because you've left the religion. I don't know that there are people who are part of that movement who don't feel that way about people who detransition. So um sort of the 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 I had a I had a thing I was going into before that, but it it's difficult to talk about this topic. <laughs> Batois the musical. That's a <laughs> it's a Larry David reference. Um I definitely recommend curb your enthusiasm. Um this topic is difficult to talk about in public spaces too, because there is a certain kind of um authority and culture that is possessed by YouTube, Twitter, all of the social media giants who once they've decided that this is the, the line of thinking that they're going with anybody who says anything outside of that line of thinking is actually like, we call it cancellation, but like they will deperson you. You won't be able to operate in any kind of public space as far as, this is now the public town square. This is where ideas are exchanged, and you will be pushed out of it. So it's not even like, um, like w- you and I know, as we're having this conversation, we have to walk on eggshells while we're talking. Yeah. And um, although I think that you've been very choice with your words, like I don't, but you know, I'm not worried about like putting the channel in danger or anything like that. What what I worry about is the veracity with which these ideas, um, how long before you can go to jail for them? Because it's already the case that if you have a child who is experiencing gender confusion in states like California, you cannot take them to a therapist who will not affirm their desire to transition their gender. They will be given hormones, sometimes without even a physical examination. Oh, and this is the point I wanted to make the comorbidities that often arise next to body dysmorphia and gender dysmorphia, depression, eating disorders, bipolar, um, anxiety, all of these conditions run parallel in almost all of these cases and are barely addressed. What is addressed is the cultural preference that you be allowed to transition your gender without so much as a conversation.
1: Yeah, Uh, really in California, so California has had this law since 2012 and it was an Obama administration. Uh, It happened under the Obama administration. Um, It was before I had my children. I remember thinking this is horrifying Mm -hmm. uh, because it effectively puts, the state in charge, but initially it puts the child in charge. And it's it's not natural by any means. Um, you know, and people make jokes and say, well, my kid wanted to be a, a dog last week. That doesn't mean, you know, that they should. And then people, you know, say like, oh, that's different. And we all laugh it off and it's supposed to be this gotcha moment. But at the end of the day, like that's extremely poignant and true that kids um, say these things. A child that feels, a, a little boy that says, I wanna dress up as a girl, The a mother and a, a doctor and rational thinking adults that are around them may choose to say, okay, you can dress up as a girl or they can choose to say, no, you know, boys don't dress this way or they can say, kids can dress however they want. Uh, Those are very different than saying you want to dress up like a girl. If you feel you're a girl, that's okay. Like that, because that's what the line is. It's not that you can't say anything. It's that you have to affirm this thought process that that's what they are now. When children sometimes are just exploring different roles. If my son, if my son went in and put a fireman suit on, do you think that I should just like send him over? To you know, Duluth, yeah. PD or Duluth uh, Fire Department, and be like, Okay, you guys, he said he's a fireman, so put him on the truck. I mean, self affirming bunch of bigots. <laughs> if you won't put my eight year old on the truck right now, like, right, he says he's a chief, so I mean, right. it, it, it makes no sense whatsoever, and it's a it's literally a lot. So the, the contention
0: is that if you don't gender affirm a trans person they will commit suicide this is the line they will commit suicide um so we're not in that process yes suicide rates are higher amongst transgender people that is absolutely the fact but it's um malpractice and and on the part of like the culture the medical science to say that this is only caused by society not affirming their gender choices because There are people who fully transition, who are completely passing, who still kill themselves because they're also experiencing depression. They're also experiencing eating disorder. They're also experiencing anxiety. They're also experiencing bipolar and a myriad of other comorbidity, mental health conditions. Whereas you've zeroed in on the one thing that you're no longer, not you, the royal we, um, being able to call a mental illness any longer. Like, so, if it's not a mental illness, then why is treatment necessary? Like you don't treat healthy people. Yeah. So, like, why are we why are we denying the evidence of our eyes? Why are we denying our own logic? Yeah. it's it's madness to me, and I think that um we're, we're doing people a really bad disservice. I don't want people bullied. That's not my goal here. I want them to be genuinely helped. And I don't think that we're genuinely gonna help anyone by just out of the box affirming anybody who says that they're having some confusion about their actual gender. I I don't think it does them any favors to let them start cutting off body parts and to permanently alter their bodies with hormones. And
1: yeah. I mean, there's so many, we can go into this. I mean, it's, it's getting late, but um, yeah, (laughs) I think again, for me, you know, people are going to disagree on this at the end of the day, though, for me, It's just another thing that's like, it's just another way to focus on self to make yourself the God to how do I make myself more of myself? How do I continue to like, like, how do I make me better? Um, How do I become more fulfilled? And it's like, you can't do that. No matter what, there's nothing in you. That, like, there's nothing in you that is going to fill that void where Jesus needs to be. Like, there isn't. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I don't have, I'm, I must be so boring on interviews now because this is all I can say to people anymore. I don't think that that's
0: boring. It's, I think that it's things that people need to hear. And it, it might land on some people um, and make them recoil. But if you hear these words and you recoil, I mean, that's kind of an indication of it in itself, in my opinion. Um, I, 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 I do want to know though because what we're talking about is sort of a very dark side of the world that's going on right now but there is sort of a thing and like you mentioned we are getting kind of late so I kind of want to move toward this thing which is sort of like the idea of the show and something that we ask every single guest that we have on which is in all of this what actually gives you hope? Like what in this makes you say okay but all of this is worth continuing you know what what part of that because you have young children and they're gonna live in the world after we're gone from it and there wouldn't be any point in that if there wasn't hope so what is the thing in all of this craziness that you do see as a light at the end of the tunnel
1: well, it's pretty simple for me. All of this is already in the Bible, so I already know how the story ends. Uh, for for me, I answer this question pretty much the same way every time I've been on the show. Is <laughs> like all my hope is in Jesus Christ. Like that's really there's nothing else for me because whether things are good or whether things are bad, it's all Jesus Christ is really the end all, be all for me. And that's what gets me through day to day when life is like Mm -hmm. really hard where I'm at the, where I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't take this life anymore. And I'm not talking about the outside world. I'm talking about my two little kids that have type one diabetes and, you know, uh, just being, you know, in the situations that we've been in and, you know, life happening. Um, It's like, I don't, I don't need to worry about the strength that I'm going to have to get through this whole ordeal. I just need to have, you know, I just need Jesus to pick me up and get me through the strength for right now, because I'm not supposed to have manna for the next seven days. Maybe right now I'm just supposed to have it for today because that's where God needs me to be right now. And it's a, it's a hard road to haul. I mean, I, uh, and I'm real bad at it a lot of times. I mean, you've seen with you, I've I've sat on the phone and just cried my eyes out with you because I'm like, I don't know what to do no. next. I'm no. torn between what this group of people is saying I should do and what I feel peace in my heart with what I've prayed about. And I've, I, I think that's what gives me hope. I feel like I prayed about what am I going to do? And I got here. I prayed about having different people in my life. And I met you and have probably the best friend I've ever had in my life. I I mean, I love
0: you too, girl. Yeah.
1: You know, um, it's, you know, outside of like my husband, it's like that I, those things didn't happen just because, like, I'm a great person. You know me, I'm not like it. They happened because, I, like, I prayed about it, and God was like, Oh, here, I'm gonna put you in this position. And that to me is what gives me the most hope is that I'm able to be like, All right, you know, I'm sad about this, I get angry with God. Um, but I notice my anger with God is turning more from why is this happening to hey, man, why can't our timing be aligned? Like, mm-hmm. change my heart mm-hmm. so that I'm more patient. And then I'm like, I don't want to pray for, you know, like, because uh, I know that if you pray for patience, God will just make you have to be patient. That's how you get. Right. Uh,
0: so <laughs> how like, do you get to Carnegie Hall?
1: You yeah, practice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's really it. It's no. Not, there's no there's no big secret. Uh, my no. hope is in Jesus. That's all. That's it.
0: It's an amazing answer you know a lot of our guests actually give very similar answers and every time i hear it that's my white pill that's the thing that's giving me hope is that over and over and over guest after guest after guest i don't know cam and i have been doing this for a little over a year now and i would say more often than not a guest that we have says that their hope is in christ and i i feel and I don't know if this is just my perception because I came from atheism to Christianity, but I feel like there are lots of people turning back to God right now. And, you know, if it's happening to me, I'm not the only one. I'm not that smart. So I know that there are smarter people out there realizing this too. So um, I, I do have one more question for you since uh, since someone added it to the roster right at the end of the thing. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Cam?
1: My, well... There's a lot of things but um, he can't
0: say his beard anymore because he doesn't have one now. I know so. I was <laughs> going to
1: say something about it and I was like we, I my like, Rory started crying and I was like I got to I noticed that. Um I'm able to talk to Cam like I would I'm I'm I shouldn't be surprised but I'm I'm consistently surprised that Cam doesn't like, Cam doesn't react like a lay person. Like, even though, uh, you know, he easily could when you ask him things. Um, He's, it's not that he's even killed. It's that he has a pastoral answer for things. And if he doesn't, then he'll, he'll look for it. He doesn't just give you some BS. Um, And that he meets people kind of where they're at, you know, A lot of times I've came to cam with things that I've said, like, I know this is probably superficial, like in my mind, but it's like, he finds a way to recognize like, Hey man, this is bothering them. You know, this is bothering her. I'm not going to like brush her off and just be like, well, you're wrong. Or like, Oh, you know, like he doesn't make excuses for people's like if somebody has a problem with someone or something, he doesn't make excuses for that other thing and kind of brush people off or do that Christianese where it's like, Oh, just pray about it. Or like, you know, maybe it's a you thing or we shouldn't, ju- it's like, he kind of validates you, but also lets you know, like, Hey, this is what the Bible kind of says about this. Yeah. Uh, and I really appreciate that. I also like that. He's a down to earth person. Like he's not, you know, Cam is my friend. I think I hope he considers me a friend. I consider him a friend. Um and I feel like when he when like he's honest. Like there's people that are especially in like social media and stuff that are big names and Cam's like he doesn't he doesn't bow to that. He doesn't like kind of like cow to like whatever. Somebody tell me if I'm saying that one right. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> like, you're good. To people uh he, he doesn't he doesn't like he, he's not like this, this uh, worshiper of men, you know, mm-hmm. if he doesn't like someone or he even if he does like someone, he doesn't like what they're saying. He usually seems to find a tactful way to tell them, you know, like I disagree, like you're wrong in this this situation, but he doesn't care about the consequences of what these people say or not. So I know when I'm asking him something, he's giving me an honest answer. Mm-hmm. and that's really hard for a lot of people because I've noticed I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk I like a lot of people don't know who I am most people don't know who I am on social media but the small group of people that do kind of know who I am sometimes I can tell they agree with me when I haven't really made a great argument like even if I could uh, I like am like thing. I don't want that. It's a word for those people,
0: but it's not very nice. So we won't say it, but it's yeah,
1: I mean, and I like that. I know like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do that. He's not, he, I've never had him embarrass me and be like, Hey, you're stupid and wrong. But (laughs) like, you know, I think if I came to cam with a question, I mean, something I talked to, we were not arguing, but we were talking about something the other day and we had different interpretations of a Bible verse. And he went back and forth with me on it and we found the verse and we kind of worked through it. And I was like, this is how you figure this stuff out mm-hmm, with somebody mm-hmm. that's not going to get offended because you have a different view. Right. And they're going to work through it with you because they're your friend. They're not just like, you're stupid and I'm dumb or like whatever. Yeah. So that's one okay. of the things I like about Cam. <laughs>
2: that's
0: awesome. And I agree with literally every last word you said. I approached Cam about some really heavy Christian topics early on in my journey throughout Christianity and did not realize the massive responsibility it puts on a person when young, not young in age, I'm not young in age, but when young Christians come to you seeking answers, you have such a um, important responsibility to what you answer to those questions. No. And um, he takes that responsibility seriously. So I, I I couldn't agree more with your assessment. So uh, Britt, you are wonderful. If you want to, please hang out for a minute for a little after show chat. Um, I'm going to pull you off so we I can do the uh, whole little spiel. And then we're going to wrap this business up. So right. thank you, girl. Thanks
1: for having me on.
0: Find me on I'm Twitter, Pete's
1: pretty- by Britt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. That, do you have any other projects going on or we're keeping that cat in
1: the bag for right now? I or? have a show coming up with Sean Hickman and it's in the works. So Okay. <laughs> All right. Cat's still in the bag. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. So let me pull you off. I know where the button is for this. Oh, Cam did it for me. Never mind. Okay. So um guys, what we have coming up um for Coming episodes. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking to our beloved Brad Binkley. And we're going to kind of be doing a monthly catch up at all the current events, which is going to be exciting because uh, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on this month. So I'm really excited to talk to Brad. I'm really excited to see him and Cam wearing their matching tank tops because it's so cute. Um, after that, we have Cody Cook. We're going to be talking about the gospel from Genesis, Genesis to Gethsemane? Gethsemane? I'm not saying that right. But it's the garden that uh, Jesus has his agony in. So I know what it is. I just can't pronounce it. Um, After that, Glenn Peoples, uh, we're going to be talking about the resurrection um, during Easter time, or as the Orthodox call it, Pascha. Um, And after that, we're going to be talking to Ben Brown about Mormon polygamy which I'm really interested in because I watched uh, Big Love. Like, I watched all the episodes of Big Love and all the episodes of Sister Wives because abnormal psychology is really fascinating. So I'm interested to talk to Ben Brown about this topic. Um, Other than that, you know, please join our Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash the mad ones. Um, if you can hit that like or subscribe button, if you're watching us on YouTube, that would be great. If you can share our videos on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you can do that. Um, just kind of help us get up there. That would be awesome. Um, help us spread the good word and the good message and the Evangelion. Um, Twitter, my Twitter is soupcanarchist. Uh, Cam's Twitter is hamcarliss. Uh, which reminds me of a little pig waiting at the bus (laughs) because he doesn't have a car. Um, We are youtube.com slash themadones. Uh, You can find us on Rockfin, Odyssey, or anywhere that podcasts are sold. Uh, Come find us, tell your friends about us. And oh no, what's that thing that Cam always says at the end of the show? Oh, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go be it.